Thank you, uh, Paul, for reading the word to us. Have, uh, I encourage you to keep it open in front of you. And um, let's see if I can get that first slide on there for you. And uh, there's a title for you, Live, Live Lighter. Live Lighter. If you want to take anything home with you, two words, Live Lighter. Ephesians 5, 1 to 20. How many of you are familiar with the Live Lighter campaign? Anybody? Live Lighter campaign? Do you know what it is? Right. Well, let, let me read it. Uh, well, there's, there's, the, there's the logo, and, and you'll probably recognize it. It's, uh, let me read it to you. This is what they say. Uh, Live Lighter is a statewide campaign funded by the Department of Health and is delivered by the Cancer Council Western Australia. Live Lighter encourages Western Australian adults to lead healthier lifestyles, to make changes to what they eat and drink, and to become more active. So the Live Lighter campaign wants you to live lighter. Ephesians 5, 1 to 20, Paul is exhorting us and encouraging us to live lighter. Let me show it to you in verse 8. There's the key verse in the passage. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of the light. Live lighter. It's a very good thing to live lighter physically, isn't it? You are good to eat less junk food, uh, eat better, healthier food, exercise but it's even better to live spiritually lighter, to eat less worldly food, to uh, eat more godly food, to train yourself to be godly. Here's my first heading for you. Christian, you are light. You are light. For once you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. If there is one word that Paul could use to sum up what life outside of Christ is like, it would be the word darkness. Christian, you were darkness. You were darkness. Do you remember this verse from uh, last week in Ephesians 4 verse 18, uh, describing those outside of Christ, describing those who do not know Jesus, describing those who are separated from the life of God. They are darkened in their understanding. They are separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. To be darkness means to be utterly dark, utterly blind when it comes to the things of God. To, to be darkness means to, to be unable to see who God is. You cannot see the glory of God in Jesus Christ. To be darkness means to have a heart, a mind, a soul that is so, so, so utterly dark with anything when it's concerning God. And when you are darkness, then you live the darkness. When you are darkness, you live the deeds of darkness, which is what Paul calls them in verse 11, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness. And what are some of these deeds of darkness? What are they that come out of a life of darkness? Have a look at them in verse 3. Sexual immorality, impurity, greed. Into verse 4, obscenity, foolish talk, 
coarse joking. And then if you go down into verse 18, he refers to drunkenness as well. These are all deeds of darkness. But Paul says to the Christian, once you were darkness. That's what you used to be, but now you're light. What does that mean? It means that God the Father has flooded your heart and your soul with the light of himself. The Father has flooded your soul with the life of his Son. Have a look at it in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine into our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Jesus Christ. So let me put it to you this way. The light in us is, is Christ. The light in us is a knowledge and an understanding of his worth and his beauty and his glory. The, the, the light is the truth of the gospel, of the death and resurrection of Jesus in us. You might remember Colossians when Paul says, Christ in you, the hope of glory. As you'll know, if you follow the news, some of the recent rains in WA have flooded certain areas. The Father has flooded the soul of his children with the light of his Son, with something of his beauty and worth and glory. Salvation is seeing the glory of Jesus with the eyes of your heart. Salvation will be seeing Jesus face to face for all eternity. If you look at this verse in one, uh, Ephesians 1 verse 13, to be indwelt by the Spirit or to be marked by the Spirit or to be sealed by the Spirit is to be marked or sealed or indwelt by Christ himself. Because this is what the Spirit does. The Spirit brings Jesus to us. That's why this is what Jesus said in John 8, 12. He said, I am the light of the world Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. It's the light of himself. And then in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 14, that's why Jesus said, you are the light of the world. Christian, you are light. You are light in the Lord. Which means, therefore, that you need to live light. You need to live lighter. For once you were darkness, but now you are light. Therefore, live as children of the light. If you are light, you live light. Have a look at this verse, for example, in 1 John 1, 7. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Now, what that verse actually means is this. It means that the evidence that we are light in the Lord is that we live his light. Evidence that you are light is that you live light. Now, as we look at this passage in front of us this morning... 
there are four aspects that, 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 that help us to see what living in the light or living light or living lighter or living as children of the light, what does that look like? What does that mean? Here's the first thing which comes out of the passage. If you're going to live lighter, you have to stay away from the deeds of darkness. You have to have nothing to do with the deeds of darkness. Have a look at it in verse 11 and 12. Have nothing to do with the deeds, the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. When it comes to living lighter, it means that you need to stay away from the deeds of darkness. Darkness is the absence of light. Light and darkness have nothing in common. It means to go nowhere near them. Stay away from them. Don't go near those things that stand against the moral perfection of our Lord. Don't go near those things for which Jesus Christ died. He died for the darkness. We stay away from the darkness. It's that our light that is in us, it's got to expose the darkness. You go into a dark room and there is a dirty floor. You can't see the dirty floor, can you? You put on the light, you put on the torch, and you will see the dirt on the floor. It is Christ's light in us. It is Him Himself in us which is to expose the darkness. And that means that one of the applications here is that we've got to keep calling out the darkness in us, in each other, when, when we see it. We've got to call out the darkness in truth, in love. Because it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. To live lighter means that you give no oxygen to the fruitless deeds of darkness. You give, you give the darkness no place to lay its head. And that's why Back into verse 3. This is why. What does it mean? What does it mean to stay away from the darkness? It means there must not even be a hint of it among you. There did not even be a hint. Not even a sniff. Not even a little slither. Not a, not a smell. Not a nothing. Not even a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed. Because why? Because these things are improper for the children of light. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk, or coarse joking, which are out of place for the children of light. We ought to have nothing to do with the deeds, the fruitless deeds of darkness. But if you've got your Bible, have a look at verse 7. It also says, therefore, do not be partners with them. Do not connect yourself to people who live in the darkness. Now, we've got to be careful with this, uh, but, but what, let me give you some of the applications of what this means. It means that you don't want to be a BFF with someone who lives in the darkness. You don't marry the darkness. You don't date the darkness. You don't go drinking with the darkness. You don't party with the darkness. Why? Because there is that danger that you're going to be contaminated by the darkness. All the deeds of darkness, they are shameful. All of them. It doesn't matter which one. They're all shameful. We tell our children not to play with fire, don't we? Well, let's not play in the darkness. 
Let's not play with the darkness. Because what Paul says, he says in 2 Timothy 2.22, you flee it. You flee the evil desires of youth. And you pursue righteousness. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, you flee from sexual immorality. You stay away from it. You don't go nowhere near it. You don't play with it. Now, have a look at this. This, this would be a whole nother sermon, but look at what Paul says when it comes to this partnering with the darkness. Now, I'm writing to you in 1 Corinthians 5, and I'm uh, to you that you must not associate. Listen to this. Do not associate with anyone who claims to be a brother or sister, someone who claims to be a Christian, but that person is sexually immoral or greedy, an idolater, a slanderer, a drunkard, or a swindler. Don't partner. Don't eat with such people. It's pretty strong, isn't it? And that's why if you go back into the passage, that's why Paul gives such a strong warning, doesn't he? In verse 5 and 6, he says, can I just give you this warning? Can I just remind you, Christians? Can I just remind you? Can I remind you what happens to those who are darkness? No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such as an idolater, such a person has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. And verse 6, let no one deceive you with empty words because of such things, because of the deeds of darkness. God's wrath is coming on those who are disobedient. You see, if, 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 if you walk in the darkness, you are dark. It doesn't matter what comes out of your mouth. It doesn't matter. If you walk in the darkness, you are dark. Those who walk in the darkness are under the wrath of God. Let me make this very practical. This, what, what does it mean to stay away from the deeds of darkness. What does it mean to not partner with them? The story is told of a billionaire who owned a very expensive yacht. And he needed to hire a skipper. And he wanted a skipper for his very beautiful, precious yacht. And he wanted the skipper to be able to, to, to always to be able to navigate the yacht out, uh, taking out his family, taking out his friends to ever, wherever they wanted to go. And the, the, the skipper that was selected would, would be handsomely rewarded. And there were three potential candidates. So the first potential skipper got into the yacht, and he steered the yacht out into the harbor area, but trying to sort of be really impressive to, uh, to the potential boss, he, he managed to steer that precious yacht about 30 meters close to the rocky cliffs surrounding the harbor the second skipper took the yacht and he went out wanting to do one better he was able to steer that that yacht to about 15 meters close to the rocky cliffs the third skipper got hold of the yacht and he just simply steered the yacht out into the middle of the ocean middle of 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 of, of the open space and there let the whole family and friends enjoy the spectacular scenery. Much to the amazement of the onlookers, the billionaire hired which one? Which one? The third. Why? Because what he said to, to these guys said, you're all skillful. You're all great. 
He said, but I don't want someone who thinks they're so clever that they can take my precious yacht and steer it so close to danger. I want somebody who will take my yacht, as precious as it is, and be able to steer it into safety where me and my family can enjoy the scenery. Brothers and sisters, God does not want us driving our bodies with the precious life of Christ that is within it so close to immorality. Why do we want to get so close to the darkness? Why do we want to maneuver so close? Yes, we may get away for, with it for a while, but we may also end up with wreckage that we will suffer for the rest of our lives. Part of living lighter is experiencing the joy and satisfaction of living well, living well within the boundaries that God has given us. So why are you seeing that colleague after work for a drink when you know there will be flirting and sexual attraction? Why have you agreed to go clubbing and drinking when you know there will be pressure to drink and you might end up in a place or a space that you really don't want to be? Why have you not put those blocks on your phone so that you don't go surfing into the rocks of immorality? Why are you sharing your thoughts with someone who is not your spouse, your personal thoughts? Why are you dating the darkness? Stop steering so close to the dark. And you see how Paul put it in 2 Corinthians chapter 6? Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what do fellowship what or what fellowship or what fellowship can can or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Belial? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Okay, so you are light, you live light to her. That means you stay away from the fruitful deeds of darkness you, and from the darkness itself. And number two, what it means is that you need to pursue the fruitful deeds of light. Have a look at it in verse 8 to 9. For once you were darkness, now you are light. Live as children of the light. For the fruit of light, or the, the fruitful deeds of the light, consist in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Goodness. Goodness is, is the goodness of Christ in us expressed. Righteousness is the obedience of Christ in us expressed. Truth the, the truth is the truth of Christ in us. His death and resurrection spoken out through us. I guess if you've got your Bible and you just back up, back up into verse 1 and 2, you, you get this little summary of what it means to live a life of light. Have a look at it. For Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of Love, to, to, to live lighter is a life of, of love. A life of love is sourced from the life of Christ, whose love died for us. And that's why Paul says this. It's, it seems a bit odd, but he quotes here in the passage, verse 14 from Isaiah 60. You can look it up 
uh, a little bit later, Isaiah 60 verse 1. This is why it is said in Isaiah 60 verse 1, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Here's the picture. This is what Paul is saying. It's like, you know, when you, when you were darkness, when you were non-Christian, you were, you were in this deep, dark sleep, right? Completely oblivious to God completely, right? And he woke you up. He's woken you up in the light. You know what it's like, hey? Pitch darkness, you're having a sleep, right? You don't want to snooze, nothing to the world. People could come in and break into your house and steal everything. You wouldn't know what's going on. But anyway, someone comes and puts a light on, what happens? What happens? You wake up and then you actually lose your temper, right? Okay? In my house, it goes a bit differently. And I, I, really? But that's the picture. It's like you've been in this deep, dark slumber. And Christ has put the light on and has woken you up to live in the light of who he is. Wake up. Live lighter, stay away from the darkness. Live lighter, pursue the light or the, the deeds of light. Now, if you're going to do that, thirdly, what you've got to do is you've got to discover God's will, right? Have a look at it in verse 17 and verse 10. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And verse 10, find out what pleases the Lord. In other words, if you're going to live lighter and you're going to pursue the deeds of light, you need to know what they are. You've got to find out what it is. You've got to find out what the light looks like. What does it mean to live a light of light? When you get saved, when God, when the Father shines the light of His Son into your heart, you don't get the full knowledge of light living, do you? You don't get it all at once. The light shines in, and then we've got to, we've got to keep, if you like, we've got to keep waking up into it. We've got to, we, we've got to keep finding out what that light living looks like. We've got to discover it. We've got to grow into it. That's the fancy word called sanctification. I've sat with many, many Christians, many times, and, and it's happened in my own life as well. You sit with a Christian and they're living in sin in some way and, and, you, and you challenge that, 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 that sin living, whatever it is, and the Christian turns around and says, well, I didn't know. Is that what the Bible says? I didn't know that that's what it says in the Word of God. So you've got to discover the Lord's will. But how do you do that? which is the fourth part of the passage. Verse 18. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, but instead be filled with the Spirit. If you're going to discover what the Lord's will is, guess what? You've got to be filled with the the Spirit. If we're going to continue to discover living the light, we've got to be filled with the Spirit. Now that verse can sound a little bit weird, but when you look at it in context, you'll see what it means. So look at it. It's in verse 17 and verse 18, and you'll see it. Don't be foolish. Understand what the Lord's will is. How do you understand the Lord's will? Don't get drunk on wine. Instead, get Filled with the Spirit. To discover the will of God, you've got to be filled with the Spirit. If you're wondering what that means, 
We've got to go across in Scripture, interpret Scripture. Here's a parallel passage in Colossians 3.16. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So, to be filled with the Spirit is not some sort of mystical experience where you're blown down, blown away, with some sort of pastor waving his arms around. It simply means to be filled with the Word of God. If you're going to know what the Lord's will is, you've got to be filled with the Word. It's got to get deep down in there. It's not just something that splashes off your back. It's not like having a shower. The shower, you put the shower on, and there's a ton of water coming down that hits your head and goes and down the sink and is lost. That's another house story, but we won't go there. What it means to be filled with the Word of God, or to be filled with the Spirit, the same thing. It means that we've got to, we've got to meditate on the Word of God. We've got to ponder it. You've got to sit on it like a hen on eggs. You've got to let it percolate. You've got to let it circulate the heart, the mind, and the soul. It, it, it means that the Word of God has got to get into your blood. Now, there's only one person that can explain that well enough, and that is the great Charles Haddon Spurgeon, the Prince of Preachers, who just happened to be a Baptist as well. Even better. Let me quote. Here's what he said. Oh, that you and I might get into the very heart of the Word of God and get that Word into ourselves. As I have seen the silkworm eat into the leaf and consume it, so we ought to do, so we, so ought we to do with the Word of God. Not crawl over its surface, but eat right into it till we have taken it into our inmost parts. It is idle merely to let the eye glance over the words, or to recollect the poetical expressions, or the historic facts, but is blessed to eat into the very soul of the Bible until at last you come to talk in spiritual language, and your very style is fashioned upon scriptural models. And what is better, till your spirit is flavored with the words of God. End quote. But then he continues. I would quote John Bunyan as an instance of what I mean. Read anything of his and you will see that it is almost like reading the Bible itself. He had read it till his very soul was saturated with scripture. And though his writings are charmingly full of poetry, yet he cannot give us his pilgrim's progress that sweetest of all prose poems, without continually making us feel and say, why, this man is a living Bible. Prick him anywhere, his blood is bibline. The very essence of the Bible flows from him. He cannot speak without quoting a text, for his very soul is full of the word of God. I commend his example to you, beloved. End quote. What does it mean? To let the word of Christ will be filled with the Spirit. It means you've got to be bibline. If someone pricks you, you bleed Bible. You got the picture? You are light. You live light. 
You live light, stay away from the darkness. Pursue the deeds of light. Therefore, you need to keep on discovering what the light looks like. And the only way you're going to do that is when you are filled with the Word of God. And finally, therefore, what Paul says is you need to be very careful how you live. Here's the final exhortation that comes out of all of this. So have a look at it in verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the very most of every opportunity because the days are evil. This is a little ABC stuff, but to be careful how you live, it means that you have to ponder your steps. It means you need to guard your mouth. It means you need to think about how you're going to respond and how you're going to act in each and every situation that you find yourself in every day. To be careful how you live means, if you can remember a couple of weeks ago, remember we looked at Proverbs chapter 4 and guarding your heart, remember that? You guard your heart, Christian. What does that mean? To guard your heart means that you do everything you can by the Spirit of God within you to stop the outside darkness coming in. And by the Spirit of God, you stop the darkness that is still in you from getting out. And that's why in that same passage, Proverbs chapter 4, verse 26, I hope it's coming up there. Proverbs 4.26, give careful thought to the paths for your feet and be steadfast in all your ways. Can I say it again? If you're going to, to, to be careful in the way that you live, if you're, going, if you're going to live the light that you've discovered and you're finding in the Word of God, you, you've got to... You've got to be careful. You've got to think about what you do. You've got to think about how you speak. You've got to watch what comes out of your mouth. You've got to think about your reactions. You've got to let the Word of God infiltrate those things. Before I speak, before I act, before I do whatever I'm going to do, how has that Word going to affect what I'm going to do? Because so often what happens is we hear the word of God and we act completely contrary as if that word never went in. It's like the word has just been poured over your head on a Sunday and we get out of this place and we do and we say and we do whatever as if that word has not even touched the heart. When someone is angry with you, think about how you're going to respond. When someone's hurt you, how are you going to respond? When you've hurt someone, how are you going to respond? You have an interaction with someone that doesn't go so well, how are you going to respond? With your children, how are you going to respond? What are you going to say? How am I going to respond to this situation? It's sort of word in, word down. Then word out. But so often it is, it goes in and goes where? Out there. 
hasn't done that percolation, that circulation, that meditating. It hasn't gone there. And yet, if you're going to make the most of every single opportunity, verse 16, that, that Paul talks about there, it, it means, uh, let me just see if I've got verse 16 there again. Is it there? We'll get there in a moment. 16, make the most of every opportunity. How, how do you do that? You have to think about it. So whether, whether at uni or whether at work or whether at uh, 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 school or whether on the sports field or uh, wherever it is, in the home, wherever it is, if you're going to make the most of every opportunity to be the light that Christ has called you to be, you have to think about it. You have to think about those opportunities. You have to think about where you are. You have to think about, again, your, your, your response to what you're going to say. It's, it's, not, it's not, making the most of opportunity is not autopilot. Let me close with this. I'm going to ask you five questions. And, those, and these really are for you to ponder. So here's the first one. Are you light? Has the Father shone the light of the glory of His Son into your heart? Another way to put that in the words of John Piper, do you, do you savor Jesus Christ? Have you tasted him? Have you seen him with the eyes of your heart? Therefore you live light. If you are light, you live light. Are you living light to for the Lord? So are you discovering God's will? Are you discovering what it means to be light? Wherever you are, whatever the situation, whatever the marriage, whatever the children, whatever the work, whatever the sport, whatever the physical circumstances, Whatever the health situation, wherever it is, are you discovering what it means to be light by being filled up by the Word of God? Are you careful? Or are you careless about how you live? Let me finish with this. As you look at those questions, if you sit here this morning and you're still dark, and the pattern of your life are the deeds of darkness, because the deeds come out of the dark, I just want to encourage you to come to the light, come to Christ. Come to the light. He'll shine as you trust in Him. He'll shine the glory of His beauty and worth and forgiveness and salvation. He'll shine it into you. He will change you. And He'll give you a life of light. Which will reign and go for eternity. Rather than having a life of darkness. Which is under the wrath 
of God. Won't you pray with me as I ask the team to come forward? Father, uh, just speak, speak, speak light into any dark heart here this morning. Speak the light of your Son into the darkness. But please, would you continue to shine the light of your Son into the hearts of your children? As we see more and more of the light of Christ, we'll live His light by discovering Your will, by being filled up with the Word, and then living careful lives, making the most of every opportunity for the sake of Your name, to the glory of who You are. In Jesus' name, amen. I wonder if you sort of comprehend, and it's a big one, that the life that you live as a Christian is not your own. It's not yours. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. This life we live is not our own. And it's a life of light. Would you stand? And uh, please, would you lead us?